Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast extension for the show 477. Our guest today is Dr. James Kenyon, author. We're going to be talking about his book, Echoes in the Hallways. The history buffs for today are Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. Ed, why don't you start us off this time? Okay, Jay. Jim, do you, uh, what's your sense of where these numbers are headed? You've talked about the radical decline in the number of school districts. What's next, or where does this end? I think you had that uh, statement earlier. Historians are terrible fortune tellers. So uh, I will have to at least dig out here a little bit of, of where we where I think we're going. I will share that I found out at one time our railroads owned one-ninth of the state of Iowa. And you've seen what has happened to the railroads. Uh, I will tell you some of my stories included Indians. And we saw what happened to the Indians. And uh, this state was settled from east to west. And the northwest was was literally 50 years later than, than the eastern part. Of course, you, along your Mississippi was really the first uh, settling up through the valley of the Mississippi. I know that if you travel a state, you've seen what agriculture has done. You've seen what has happened to the, the barbed wire fence. You've seen what has happened to pastures. Um, the small town, other than the elevator, uh, and now some 43 uh, ethanol plants, um, has dwindled in the, the percentage of jobs that they can have in those communities. Um, I would say that um, uh, economics of of Taxes for uh, schools is a little concern, but I know that there there are those towns that didn't care about the taxes as far as trying to keep their school. Uh, I would share that I believe the teacher shortage uh, would be a significant problem to to get uh, the the teachers to come to those small towns, and many of them maybe were married to a farmer or married to. Uh, the banker or they were the banker's wife, husband or whatever, uh, they at least had a, an outside chance of, of having some employment. And I will tell you that we are, we're the situation that um, most counties will be probably come down to one high school per county. Some of them are there already. Okay. Terry. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jim. One of the sections that you have in your book is about pranks. And I'm sure that was a favorite memory of the people that you interviewed, uh, not just the students, but also the teachers, because I still to this day remember the first prank that was, you know, on myself as a 21-year-old teacher in Australia when I heard a student call behind me fruit roll and suddenly I turned around and here's all these apples and oranges being rolled down the classroom aisles and not knowing what this was all about. So they're kind of dumbfounded. Can you share with us so perhaps one of the most favorite pranks that you wrote about in your book? Well I have to share. I am not Catholic but I've always heard how mean the nuns were and four of my stories were Catholic schools and I will tell you 
the students were just as mean or worse than the poor nun who had to put up with them. I think one of my favorite stories was the town of Bussey. Uh, they have a town square there, and uh, I didn't want my stories to all be about Halloween. And in small towns, Halloween is really a time for uh, goblins and, and tricks around the town. And we all know about the story about the outhouse being moved and somebody falling in the trench, et cetera. But in uh, Bussy, they moved. There was on the town square, there was quite a Republican leader in the town. And his name was last name was Voorhees. And he ran the, uh, the hardware store. So the outhouse was moved to the front steps of his uh, business, and a sign was on the front of it that said, Republican Headquarters. (laughs) Well, the next morning, Mr. Voorhees found the sign, and not to be outdone, he put a sign right below it that said, Democrats meet in the basement. Outstanding. (laughs) And I will tell you, as far as this was sort of a light time in in these communities, I said, now, I don't want just outhouse on on Halloween shared, but this was one I made the exception. Another was um, the poor girl who went for their their senior trip and her dad was the the principal and they used they went two carloads down to France and Missouri. And they only had seven students in the town of Beeman. They graduated that year. And there were two girls and, and five boys. And as they got ready to come home, uh, the father said he would very happily carry his daughter's suitcase to the car. And everybody got in the car and they started coming home back up through Missouri, back to Iowa. And they said, we couldn't believe how friendly the people were from Missouri, where they were honking, they'd go by and wave to us. And and it wasn't until they stopped for gas, they found out poor Martha's bra had been tied to the back aerial of the car. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Jim, I'm curious, again, looking back at, at some of those towns, did you find in your research, and I know you were looking at town at, at schools that closed, but did you find any anything in your research of a success story of, of how towns avoided uh, having their their uh, community schools closed? Is there a is there some some lesson we could learn in terms of how do we make um, these small rural schools more viable? Well, there are I would several. Little schools presently that may be only ten in a in a in a class, they are uh, taking some of the accelerated classes, the, the uh, chemistries, the the calculus uh, opportunities in bigger towns, and then coming back to their school. Uh, one in in particular is Essex. It hasn't closed. It's in Southwest Iowa. Another one, the College Springs, they only had 22 students in it their last year, and they were doing the same thing going to Clorinda. The town of College Springs is way down on the Missouri border in Page County. It has got the most beautiful, beautiful high school. I, I would put it up against the top five of, that I had, had seen in the state. And uh, those are a couple of examples. Hedrick uh, tried to stay open forever, and it again, it became a, a fact that uh, – you might throw athletics in there as being something that, that they wanted to try to continue, but I would say open enrollment probably killed them. And uh, not many people open enrolled to the, 
the school that is really struggling to stay open. And but they still were bitter when it had to close. Sure. Ed. Um, yeah, Jim, as far as open enrollment, did you look at what's happened to uh, larger city schools? Um, the One of the things I, I read in the register is that it's been a long, long time since any of the Des Moines public schools have won a conference sports championship because, you know, the good athletes are going out to the suburbs. Did you look at the larger cities as well? I did not. Uh, I was on the school board for 23 years, and I was in a district that was recipient uh, of students coming in. And as a, a board member, I knew how much of that money followed that student. And it was significant. And I would tell you probably $7,500 at one time. Probably it's over 10000 now. And it hurt significantly uh, Waterloo in that case, but I'll say Des Moines, and I would probably say Davenport also with uh, the, uh, we'll call it uh, White Flight or however you want to rename it. The the state did finally uh, pass some uh, ruling that the percentage of students enroll, open enrolling out had to be the same as their uh, racial mix. And so I, I really hurt for those bigger, bigger schools that bigger counties that that the uh, the metropolitan area suffered. Um, as far as the Des Moines sports, I can't help you there. I, I do know. Uh, I'll give you an example. East Waterloo uh, had a phenomenal run with sports and and uh, in football, particularly in the 1960s. I think they uh, were undefeated let's say five years in a row. And uh, Waterloo East has had a difficult time uh, trying to have a football team. They can still have basketball, but even the girls' sports are not are not as well uh, represented in, in the, uh, the winning column. Okay, Terry. Yeah, the same thing oh. is true here in Davenport as far as the public schools being, you know, um, sucked dry, if you will. Right. Well, I am. I'm definitely not in favor of of uh, um, state money going to um, fund private schools. I, I just think it takes so many of the leaders out of our public schools that could be uh, helping other students, and it it lowers the common denominator of of the. I will say the quality of the student and that teacher has depends on at least some leaders in the classroom. And then when they all go out for uh, other leave the school district for for those reasons, I it, it just I think it it hurts our public education. OK, Terry, you're going to get the last question. Yeah, Jim, I'd like to know more about why you or how you selected the hundred and two. Uh, closed schools in your book, uh, seeing how there were, I assume, so many to choose from? Well, I will have to tell you, I logged every phone call. I logged every uh, email. I logged every text message. And so I could tell you if you really want to know every one of them. (laughs) But I will also tell you, much of it depended on who answered the phone. Mm. And I would write in my in my uh, log gold if that i knew i had a person that was going to carry through that was going to 
to help me get the interviews in their community. And so I will just have to say, I, I will say that's how I found them. And the town of New Alban, uh, they referred me to the banker who was spending his winters in the South. And he called me back in April, calling back in April. Well, I did. And he was a wonderful find. And I, and uh, New Alban is in, in Alamakee County in the extreme far Northeast County. I had had no idea that we, they, they had students come down from Minnesota to New Alban because it was the closest town. Sure. And I, I just... It, those were some things that were unique to, to some of those areas. And the reason there is 102 stories instead of 99, I went to, to some of these counties and they said, oh, but you've got to write about my high school, too. That's how I came by three extras. All right. We would like to thank our guest for this 477th show, Dr. James Kenyon, author. We've been talking about his book, Echoes in the Hallways. The history buffs for today's show were Terry Toppler and Ed Broder's. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at TuneIn.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. And you can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.